Hey, Westside and whoever else is listening in, good to have you there. Uh, we are in the office. We've made a change for our shorter devotional, kind of move from the stages a little bit. Uh, so you'll see I've tried to set it up really well. Um, there's books behind me, show that I'm somewhat literate, moderately well-read. It's a plant I dragged into it, show that I have a green thumb, nature uh, screen for a teaching aid. I feel we're really well set up. Uh, so we're continuing our Acts series. Uh, I don't think you need to know any of that information, but uh, just thought I'd let you in, behind the scenes look. Um, so our title is Acts. Our hope is in uh, the months of October, November, we read through the book of Acts. So I encourage you to, if you haven't started already, to start now. You can find those readings at our website or email us or call the church. We'll get them to you. Text us. Um, so the title Acts to be continued. It's like the story of the church is still being written and we truly want to be a part of that story um, in a positive way, in a powerful way. We want that personally, I would think, for our lives, but then as a body of Christ, we definitely want that to be a part of us and not just for Morden, but or for Westside, but for Morden, Church of Morden, Church of Canada, Church of the body of Christ all around the world and what's our role in it. So you'll see Acts to be continued, then you see the three dots, dot, dot, dot. Now, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Dave, who's on staff here, uh, very wise, intelligent person, uh, said, you know what those are called? And of course, I did not know. And he says, it's an ellipsis. I think that's the word. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And what an ellipsis means or is, it's an unfinished thought or statement. And isn't that true of the church? Acts of the church to be continued. Uh, this statement is continued, uh, is continuing to be lived out around the world, the kingdom of God being present in a powerful way. So this week, if you're reading along or when you're reading along with us, uh, this is what you're going to read this week. Acts 10, you have this, we're introduced to a man called Cornelius, and then we have this amazing vision of Peter that Peter has on a roof as he's hungry or hangry, and uh, it's mind-altering, worldview-shifting vision that he has, and it plays out in this incredible fashion. So incredible, in fact, in chapter 11, you'll read the next day how he has to kind of explain himself on what just happened in Acts 10. Uh, and then we have Barnabas and Saul and the generous church really being elevated and they're just helping and working and serving each other. It's a beautiful thing. And then on Wednesday, you'll see that there's this really tough part where James is killed and Peter is freed. So what's that about? And throughout Acts, you have people being healed. And I'm sure there are people not being healed. Why does God choose to heal some and not others? That's a good one we can talk about for till the end of time. And then Thursday, Barnabas and Saul kind of had this gospel revival tour. And they go throughout the region. And they meet a sorcerer and they go to Antioch in this incredible sermon. And then on, four, uh, on Friday, on the four, you'll see Acts 14, the return tour. They kind of do the loop and they come back around. And they're worshipped like kind of like men to gods. And they're like, whoa, whoa, cut it out. Um, but they're worshipped, but they're also reviled, loved, hated. So this week, you're going to have an amazing reading. So for us, uh, for our purposes today, what we see in Acts as we go through this book, especially as you read it day to day, you see this expansion of the kingdom of God. 
it started off, uh, if you remember Acts 1 verses 8 or verse 8, uh, it says this, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So the apostles have already kind of checked the box in the temple in Jerusalem. Didn't go very well. Temple in Jerusalem. And then you have Judea in the region and lots of converts and yet lots of struggle as well. And then you have them going to Samaria and speaking to the Samaritans. And the Samaritans are kind of this group of people that are half Jewish uh, and the other half are Gentile. So you see this expanding of the kingdom, starting with the temple and working its way out. But these people, the Samaritans, were still Jewish uh, to some degree. And now you have the next level, the ends of the earth. And how that happens is in Acts, you have the, the story, the testimony of this group of, of people who uh, get the gospel message to a group of people called the Gentiles, who are people like me. And uh, if you're not Jewish, people like you. Anyone who is not Jewish, not part of the chosen people of God uh, throughout the Old Testament and Old Covenant, that's how they're referred. And Jesus here, you start to see the message of the kingdom of God and its expansion of that you are the, he is the savior, the Messiah to all, not just to a chosen people, but to an entire world, an entire group of people that uh, includes everyone. This inclusive message, fabulous, fascinating. So Acts 10, turn in your Bibles, or you can use the cheat screen behind me. So we're going to meet a man named Cornelius in Caesarea. And this is 10 verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army centurion or captain named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. It would have been a very important regiment. He's in charge of 100 men. Obviously, he's a man of character. And well, let's read the next verse. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. He's an amazing man. He really is. Five things, devout, God-fearing, uh, gave generously to the poor, prayed regularly to God, and had his influence over his entire household. But something was still missing. Great man following the Jewish faith, a Roman centurion soldier following the Jewish faith. There was something about the, the, the mono theistic, uh, one God, one true God teaching and worldview that appealed to Cornelius. But still there is something missing. And what's missing is Jesus. And Cornelius has this angelic visitor. And again, what we're doing today or what we're doing with these devotionals that will be coming from our office is kind of a 10-minute version of the longer message that will be happening on Sunday. So if this is enough to pique your interest, listen into the whole, uh, the entire message. And even that's only is 25 minutes on Acts 10. And here we have about 10 or 12. So listen in as we jump around. Read all of 10 for yourself. Um, Jesus was missing. Now, Cornelius, obviously a great, awesome man. Uh, amazing in his community. Lots of good deeds. And I was struck by this quote. Uh, one of the resources I've been using is Acts for Everyone by N.T. Wright. And there's a quote in there. And N.T. Wright says this, If what Peter had discovered was that God simply accepts everyone the way they are, 
Why bother sending for Peter to come and tell him about Jesus if he had enough? Why not just stay as he was? People sometimes refer to this present story as a sign that within the New Testament there is a recognition that all religions lead to God. Or all religions are basically the same. And those are conversations, you know, we often have with people, with our friends, with our neighbors. That is certainly not what Luke intends, and Cornelius and Peter would have been shocked at such a suggestion. And he ends with this. It is not the case then that God simply accepts us as we are. Now wrap your heads around this. He invites us as we are. But responding to that invitation always involves the transformation which is acted out in repentance, forgiveness, baptism, and receiving the Spirit. Does God love everyone unconditionally? Absolutely. Uh, does he accept everyone? Well, that accept is like he invites everyone, but God loves us enough to not leave us in our state, in our fallen, sinful state. He restores us, or forgives us, redeems us, frees us from that, and never leaves us as we are. He invites all people into this relationship with him because Christ has died for everyone. I just think that's a really helpful quote for us. So Acts 10, 11 to 13. Here we go back to Peter. So Cornelius has seen a vision and the, and the angel says, you need to go send people, get Peter in. And he's going to teach you. He's going to give you the gospel message really about what is happening. So he sends his people and Peter, uh, while these people are coming towards about a two-day journey uh, from Cornelius' home to where Peter is staying. And here you have Peter who is, the meal is late. He goes up to the roof and he starts to have a vision. And he saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill, and eat them. This happens three times. Now, there are clean and unclean animals. There are all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, kill and eat them. Doesn't say which ones, just says basically any of them, all of them. And there's some, there's this dietary restrictive law you find in Leviticus 11, and it's basically where they get the word kosher from. It's not kosher, it's not fit or appropriate, it's wrong. Uh, and that's what Peter knows and has followed all his life. Those dietary laws, what is kosher? And some of those animals on this sheet that are being, that are descending down in this vision, are not clean, are not kosher, not cool. And Peter's response, he says, No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or common and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. Peter's not wrong, but he's not right. And you have God in a vision leading Peter down a new path. There is a new way. This old covenant, this old agreement with just one people is expanding. And this is something new. This to be continued, uh, this story of a God and his people is now all people. And you need to rearrange, readjust your view of people, your view of even my relationship with people through Jesus Christ. And the old covenant between God and a people group to the new covenant between God and all people is a major shift. We cannot lose sight of how hard this would have been for Peter. Don't call things common or unclean, which I have declared. 
And then we have uh, this whole journey of Peter's like, fine, I don't understand what you're saying. And right at that time, when the vision is over, these people that Cornelius has sent to get Peter arrive right at the gate. So you have this vision, boom, doorbell rings. Don't think they had doorbells, but something akin to that. And he listens to them. And here's what it says. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. So that is happening. Get up, go downstairs without hesitation. So follow them, go back to Cornelius. So he goes back to Cornelius. They arrive back in Caesarea the following day and Cornelius is waiting for them and he's got a full house. He is waiting for them like he knows Peter is going to join them. And Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. And he has to say this. Cornelius has fallen on his knees. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. And Peter's like having none of that. Do not do this. He says, stand up. So they talked together, went inside and where many others were assembled. In verse 28, like think of this. Peter told them. You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. You've invited someone in your house. You know I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be seen with you people. You are unclean. You are impure. You are common. Shouldn't be here. Like, thank you for being here? Like, I... I what would that elicit from, from myself? I don't think that would go well if someone was looking or was coming from this place of really such disdain um, of avoiding a whole group of people, anyone outside of their group of people. And he's like, you know I'm not supposed to do this, but God has shown me through the vision and through Cornelius and through the coming of the Holy Spirit, the the descending of the Holy Spirit really on this group of people as well. He has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Just a major redirection. And it's like the law was protecting the people, but it was a new time. And it's like, like if you ever stood in a street corner and there's the stoplight and there's a walk sign and a stop sign uh, and the, the hand. And it's like the hand, the old covenant was kind of like the hand, like don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. But the time has now changed. The light has turned and it's a green light for something new. The intersection is the same. The interacting interaction of the people is still happening. But now you have, you go. It is a new day. It is a new time. So when I told you to stop at one point because it wasn't quite right for you, I'm now saying go. This could be hard. Like now I can go. The streets are safe. Wow. A whole new way of looking at the world. The intersection. And it is a new dawn. So the title, to be continued. Um, that ellipsis, unfinished thought or statement. As a church, what's next for us? It is a new dawn, a new day. Be aware and fight against really what is hard for us. Because Peter, if you look into Peter in Acts 15, it's going to come up again. Acts 15, Peter is fighting for the Gentiles. And he just says, look, this, they don't have to become Jewish. Really, they don't have to become circumcised. They don't have to follow all the laws. They can be them and God has blessed them as a people. And then, but it's a process. It's a process. I don't, I don't know if you've ever bumped up against it for yourself, but 
Um, but Peter in Galatians 2, later you have Paul writing this. When Peter came to Antioch, Paul says this, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. Well, what has Peter done? When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians who were not circumcised. Okay, kind of like Acts, right? Like he's like, wow, this is amazing. I'll eat with you people. Don't call anything clean or unclean, but I have made clean. But afterward, when some friends of James came, so Jewish people showed up, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy. So Peter has this amazing moment in Acts. And Acts 15 is actually an advocate for the Gentile people. But when you start to have some Jewish leaders show up, it's kind of erodes his idea of what it means or what the gospel message means. He starts to get a little restrictive because he's worried about people, people pleasing, confrontation. It's a process. It's like, it's not like we arrive and it's over and we're good. I don't have to worry about that anymore. My racism, my prejudice, it's all over. It doesn't kind of, it doesn't really work like that. It's, we always have to be aware. So just in closing, like for acts to be continued, to be aware in ourselves where our prejudice lies. Like I've helped, I've worked with homeless people uh, to some degree and you're giving and you're like, oh, it's so good to interact, do mission work in Winnipeg or seen some in India or other parts of the world. Uh, and you're like, oh, to walk with the people uh, who are struggling and it's just good and it feels right. And you just know you're working in the will of God. But it's interesting how you can meet them again or meet others who are in a predicament as well. And you can have a little judgment that that knee-jerk reaction is like, and then you got to work through it again. It's a process. To be continued is a process. To be, to be aware of our blind spots and our prejudice. And whenever we look down on, on anyone, it doesn't have to be of a different race, of a different religion, of a different culture. It can be someone who has a very different idea. And for whatever reason in our hearts, we, we look down, we disdain. We should, I shouldn't be hanging out with you people. You people don't listen. Um, you people aren't worth the gospel message. Well, that's not true. It's just not true of anyone. God will use any and all people. And that's kind of the plan. He uses even us. So let's continue to get the gospel message out. That's the to be continued of Acts 10 to the ends of the earth. You see how just this radiating gospel message that's beautiful and true. So let's pray. Lord, you're amazing and you are good and you use us all. So we thank you for that. And I pray that we would be your people on fire for you, forgiven by you. And may we live out of that space, Lord, and extend it to others each and every day. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Go with God. Maybe see you Sunday. Talk to you later.